Hey folks, you're listening to an episode of Cultural Lenses, a show about life from the perspective of an Indian man who grew up in the Middle East and is now living in Canada. Cultural Lenses is hosted by Nikhil Chodimela, otherwise known as LR11, or more simply as LR. LR is part of Casual Master Quest, a podcast network fulfilling all of your gaming needs. CMQ has two shows, Casual Master Quest, a show about video games and everything else not related, and Casual Quest Masters, a Dungeons & Dragons show where LR has an affinity for Goliaths and Pseudo-Dragons. You can learn more about CMQ on Twitter at CMQ Network. LR is also a part of BARS, Becoming an Anti-Racist Society, a place where you can safely educate yourself about matters related to race and how we can better ourselves. Bars is hosted every Friday on twitch.tv slash she snaps at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. The theme song of Cultural Lenses was made by good friends of LR, Revelries. You can find them on Spotify and also on Twitter at Revelries Music. And finally, to keep up with LR and all of what he does, make sure you follow him on Twitter at LRThe11th, on Instagram at LR11, and on Twitch, where he occasionally streams at twitch.tv slash LR11. Enjoy the show. episode of Cultural Lenses. I'm your host, LR, otherwise known as Nikhil. Uh, Nikhil? Nikhil. Um, I have trouble pronouncing my own name sometimes, but welcome to another episode of Cultural Lenses. Um, this week's episode is a little late because I had a uh, creative block. Um, the uh, events of the last uh, two, three weeks have kind of fizzled my energy. I wasn't... Uh, sleeping the best but uh things are coming back now and i'm back to uh yeah back to uh sleeping properly again and actually getting uh proper sleep you know good quality of sleep but today's episode i had no idea what i was going to do i i didn't know what i was going to do uh and i still <laughs> don't know what i'm going to do but i wanted to uh, you know especially during this year launching uh okay this has been a challenging year for a lot of people for various reasons myself included um everybody has their own unique set of challenges so it's not something you can compare um you can't compare your struggles to somebody else's struggles uh, objectively there are always going to be people who are struggling worse um, or not as much, but you cannot use 
that objective, rational line of thinking to invalidate somebody else's struggles. As a, as a global society, as a civilization, as a species, we are going through unprecedented times. So when some of my friends, you know, reach out or express their, their struggles and what they're dealing with, um, obviously I want to be able to do what I can to help them because that's, that's who I am. That's kind of how I've always been. I, I just want to help people around me, help those who are hurting and help those who are suffering to the best of my abilities without giving too much of myself away because I have done that before and it's not nice. And part of, and part of that help is I think being able to share stories. I brought this up before, but there was a, I have a good friend who listens to this and one of my episodes that I put up, put out a while back, I can't remember which episode it was, but it, you know, they reached out and they said it really helped them. Things in their life made more sense from getting a different perspective and, and that's kind of what I wanted to do with this. Uh, fight ignorance through education and just help bring a dip different perspective to people's lives. And so before I get into the meat of what I want to discuss, I think I'm going to try and do something different and try and bring on more guests slowly uh, as a way of, of learning about people and bringing people's stories and, and bringing a new and different perspective so that I can also learn. And so I can challenge myself as well on my own worldviews and and try and be better but today i wanted to talk about my struggles with education uh when i you know um coming from coming from an indian family uh there is su there there's such a heavy emphasis on on doing well in school and picking the right career because it's not about it's, it's about success. It's not, not necessarily about your happiness. It's about success, being successful. There is such a strong, very like rigid idea of what success is like. Having a high paying job um, and having a family and being set by the time you're 30, you know? Um, and I'm speaking very loosely about the stereotype here, but this is a stereotype that Asians would be familiar with. The sub-Asians like myself, uh, South Asians, I think uh, specifically were called. But it is a very like Asian-like mindset to have, you know, to either be a doctor or an engineer or an accountant um, or a businessman and just be very successful, uh, be very successful so you can, so you can, um, you know, have a good family and be, you know, by the time you're 35, you're set in life. So when I, uh, as early as I can remember, I was maybe six or seven even younger, maybe I was like, I want to be a pilot. And that's just kind of like, you know, as a child does as, as they grow up and, and they're kind of thinking about what they want to do and their options available to them as much as a child can. So maybe five or six. And I'm like, I want to be a pilot. Eventually, as I got older, that evolved into, I want to be an, not an astronomer. I wanted to be an astro uh, astrologer. Uh, I want, yeah, no, no, an astronomer. I wanted to be an astronomer because space is cool as shit. I love space. Space is tight. Stars and planets and suns and shit. And like the empty vacuum of space and the encroaching and tropic death of the universe. Ah, oh. 
so much fun. <laughs> and eventually that moved into geology because I think this was maybe grade eight or nine or maybe even grade 10 where we were learning about um, physical geography. I don't, I don't know how else to put it, but we were learning about tectonics and and plate movements and volcanoes. And I'm like, this is fascinating, you know? Green energy, that's fucking where it is. And learning about the earth and the way the earth moves and how continents are formed and how they move. This is fascinating. This is, you know, I want to I go into this. And then that moved on into engineering because the, the, uh, the science side took over. And I'm like, I, I'm good at math. I enjoy physics. I can, do, I can be an engineer. I can be a mechanical engineer. And that was, that was it. That was, you know, in the last few years of high school. And so it becomes one of those things as you get older where you don't, you know, don't fucking change in your ways or whatever. But that was it. That was like, I'm going to be a mechanical engineer. That's what I want to do. And so the last couple of years of high school were focused on me doing that. So my core subjects were math, physics, and chemistry. And I did okay. Actually, I did very good. Grade 11, so I was in a British uh, system, and the British system has, uh, past grade 10, um, actually approaching grade 10, it has these exams called GCSEs. Um, and if you take them outside the UK, they're called IGCSEs. And I did amazing. Like, I did really good. I think I got seven A's and one A star, which is like an A+. Plus. So it, it just goes into the standard letter grades uh, with no plus or minuses. Um U, which is ungraded, and then goes F, D, E, uh, or F, E, D, C, B, A, from lower to high. And then A star for, like, outstanding. Yeah, that's the highest. And I got one A star in physics and seven A's. Um, and then from there, uh, going according to the British system, you do something called your advanced level examinations, which are kind of like a two-year... A set of uh, examinations, like two years set of education into one final exam, or you can go halfway into your AS, which is the advanced subsidiary level. So it's kind of like a, uh, the advanced, uh, the AS levels are uh, acceptable for most American and Canadian uh, universities and colleges, but the A levels is really what they look at in Europe, specifically if you're going to the UK, which is why there's 13 years of, uh, 13 years of schooling, uh, which is also why I think the uh, if you ever do like an undergrad degree at a British uh, university or college, it's only three years because you're expected to have that because like A levels really like the final year start pushing into college level education. So when when I did my IGs, because of how I was at the time, uh, and this is not what this episode's focused on, so I won't go into it, but I relaxed a little and then a little too much. Because when the AS rolled around, um, I got two Ds and an E. I got an E in chemistry and one D in maths and one D in physics. It was just barely enough to keep me in the school for another year. But the problem was, when I did my AS, that was in 2013, that was the year I was supposed to leave to Canada originally. That was the year I was supposed to start my mechanical engineering bachelor's degree in Carleton. Uh, university in Ontario. 
So that didn't happen. I essentially failed high school. And because of the way the grades are delivered for the uh, British system, we do our exams in May, June, and the grades come in August. I'd already done my graduation, which was in, I believe, in April. So it was a, like a preemptive graduation because they really have no way to tell about, you know, your results. And then, so I failed essentially, and then I redid, I didn't redo, but I went on to into my final year of uh, high school where I did A-level maths and A-level physics, and I can't remember, I think I got C's. But during that time, I needed to bump that chemistry E up to at least a C at the AS level. And I, fa I, fa I failed that bitch three times, I'm not going to tell you, in total. Two more times after that, I tried and I couldn't get it. And all was, it was bad. It was, it was bad. Um, it was just something about it that wasn't clicking. And, and that final year, I actually did try, but it was a kind of little too late kind of situation when I realized what was happening. And this was my life now, and I had to make it and I had to take it seriously. Because at that point, I was, I was too laid back and I was having fun. And there were really no, um, I didn't build any proper um, learning tools for my, for myself. Like I didn't have any proper learning tools for myself, but with my final results that came in in 2014, there was one place that was able to take me and that was my saving grace, but it wasn't for engineering. It was for computer science. It was a college out here in BC with a, uh, path to the university. Like you do one year there, you do your first year there, and then you can go off to the main university. And so I did that. I was able to get out. I was very thankful. And I, and I knew that at that point that I had to change the way I learned. And so here I am at the age of 19 coming into my first year of university in computer science instead of engineering. And I thought it'd be okay. You know, like I get computers and growing up in this day and age, like computers would be, you know, I'd be able to do it. I'd be able to program because it's very logical. And that's how my first uh, semester was. This is very logical. It makes sense. I can, I can code. I know how to do this. And then maths came in and that started to be a problem. And even my first year, I failed two courses. I failed a, um, like, uh, computing, like, uh, the next step up from computing 101, like programming 101, you know, um, I failed that next step. And then I also failed a calculus two course. And then that kind of started like kind of started bringing me down but then at that point i'd already started building these self-reflection tools and this was early on also on like my like whole mental health awareness uh thing mental health self-reflection kind of thing so I, uh, there's another episode i did a little while ago about my mental health journey and and some of these things go hand in hand. Uh, this was about the time when, you know when I first started failing these courses. Is about the time I started seeking out, actively seeking out uh, mental help, mental health help. Um, but I, I managed to get through my first year just fine. Even after failing those two courses, I took them again and I passed them uh, with much better grades the next time around. And then when I went on to the, and also like, I didn't do so great at the maths, I'll be honest, but then that was, there was very few maths that was going to happen anymore. And if you had like, I was not going to take any more math courses. So I'm like, it's, I'll do my best, give my best shot. I got the bare minimum passing grade and I was okay with it. But the uh, programming course that I failed, I did much, much better in. 
And so I was happy about that because I knew there was not going to be as many math courses. Um, and then when I went on to the actual first year of university, that first year of university, my second year overall of my bachelor's degree was hell. <laughs> um, because the college was very handholdy. So I didn't really build up any kind of independent learning systems uh, or learning tools. Um, handholding to the point where each course was four hours um, and we did those four hours in one go. And like if you didn't submit an assignment, if you missed out on a day, um, if you don't didn't show up because you were sick, somebody would call you and ask you what's going on. Whereas when you come to the university, nobody gives a fuck. You're paying money to be here. You have a responsibility to come here and learn. That is your responsibility and you need to take it up. Nobody is going to hold your hand through it. Nobody is going to care if you don't submit an assignment. Nobody is going to care if you don't sit for a midterm. Nobody is going to care if you don't show up for the final exam. Because you're paying for it. You're making the choice. You have to take up the responsibility and I'm all for it. But that transition was rough because I didn't... You know, I was going into second year courses, essentially, which sure were up higher in difficulty, but nothing had prepared me for that. And all and 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 coming into second year courses where there's no handholding, like it's not even like the training wheels slowly come off or anything. It was just from one moment people were carrying you, you know, everywhere you go to the next moment, somebody just dumps you outside the door and expects you to make it to your destination on your own. And you've never used your legs to walk ever in your life. I didn't, I didn't have those skills. I didn't, I didn't know how to develop those skills either because I'd never been, you know, left to fend on my own. I didn't have that discipline either from, from high school because high school was, there was so many things going on there, right? Um, the formative years of, uh, of, of any, um, any person is is those years that you spend in high school, at least in our modern day, um, trying to figure out what you want to do with your life, but also at the same time try to have fun. So that second year, I there there are three semesters uh, equally equally spaced semesters uh, with my university, so. Uh, there are three semesters uh, in the year, trimesters, you could say that, uh, each four months long. That first semester of my second year, I failed two courses. That second semester, I, I took repeated one of them and failed it again. And that was enough to put me on academic probation. So the first semester, the two failures put me on academic probation and failing again while you're on academic probation you were required to withdraw from university. <laughs> this was in 2016, 2017. Um, you know, I was uh, 20 at that point. Uh, wait, I can do math here. I came 2014, 2015, and went up to the university. 2016, I was required to withdraw. I hadn't even turned 21 at that point. And here I am already doing my best, drowning. Well, not really doing my best, but also doing my best. I did my best at that point to what I knew my best was uh, with all the tools I had, which were practically nothing. And this is not me trying to make any excuses for myself either. This is just me 
going over the things that I'd experienced. Um, and then I went through this program that my university has where like, hey, listen, you, you, you're not doing good. You need to leave. Or you could go through this boot camp where we'll teach you how to learn. And we'll give you those tools and then you can try again. And of course I did that because it is, it is an insane thought to me. Even like now at the age of 25, it is insane to me that that we send people to school. In, and this is more generally speaking, but we send people to school and we tell them what to do, what they're supposed to do and what they're expected to do for the first 16, 17 years of their life. And then all of a sudden they're expected to decide what they want to do with their life without really having experienced anything, any of the possibilities out there. And we're expecting them to do it right. It is, it is insane that anybody's going to get that right on the first go. And so when I went through this boot camp, I started looking at all the other programs that my university has because it also clicked that I'm, I'm not stupid. You know, I, I could do it if I tried, but I'm not having fun or it's not interesting to me. And that's probably why I'm also not putting as much effort as, as I should be. Sure. Yes. Like I, I could really code if I tried, like I enjoyed the logical side of it, but it just wasn't grasping me in a way that made me want to code. And so I eventually found this program that I ended up graduating from, Interactive Arts and Technology, where we learn about the impacts of, of technology and, and the combination of art and technology and how technology has such a strong place in our lives and how can we make that experience better, but also how can we improve that experience ethically. And so I took a course, that course is the one that flipped me, called Human-Computer Interaction, where it looked at how we can use technology for good and bad how what kind of place does technology have in our lives and how people are using it for good and how people are using it for bad um there's the uh, there's that fucking documentary on netflix called uh the social dilemma i think um where it talks about how google is 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 running tests on like what shade of blue will get a better response from you like we we were learning about that and it was at that moment I'm like, shit, I understand technology. I'm, I may not be good at the hard technical stuff, but this I understand and this is fascinating. And that was kind of what flipped me over. And that was when the journey started to redo my bachelor's degree. Two years into my bachelor's degree, I restarted the journey to do a different bachelor's and change my program over because I'd already spent time on one you know, on one degree. And then so I had to switch my program over and some of the credits transferred, some of the credits didn't transfer. And normally you'll do the fall and the spring semester. So September to December and then January to April. And then you'll take the summer off, which is May to uh, August. From 2017, um, from 2017 fall to 2020 spring, so 2017 September to 2020 April, I did not take a semester off because I had to catch up because finally there was something I was interested in. There was something that I was 
good at. I like my the the new program I joined as well is is a very creative artsy field, and I can't fucking draw to save my life. That first time where I started getting to the core, like first year courses, and I was doing courses where people were using Photoshop and doing these crazy wild things with these odd of you know video and uh, picture editing softwares, and these are people you know kids who'd been doing it since high school. I I was I was scared. I was terrified. Is it, is this really where I belong? Is this really what I should be doing? I don't know how to do any of this. But when we were asked to explain, or like to, uh, we were given two pictures as an example, and we were asked to explain the differences between them, or to talk about and analyze and critique the different styles and the visual languages and the typography and the colors and the contrast. It didn't matter that I was scared that I didn't know what to do because I could learn. What mattered was that I was enjoying it and I was challenged by it. And I, <laughs> I failed one of those projects. I failed that photo editing project, but then I only just barely failed it. And I, I did well in that course, that course I passed well. And really, I just wanted to go, go over this because I took six years for my undergrad and I don't feel bad about it, you know, um, by all intents and purposes, by like, you know, a standard quote unquote, this, uh, this me speaking through my own stereotypes, uh, and biases, but the standard Indian, like mentality in terms of progression through career, I'm very late. I should either be on my master's right now, or I should have been working about three years ago. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't be happy if that was the path that I took. If I decided to remain in computer science, I'd probably be done. I probably would have finished in 2018 or 2019, and I probably would have found a job by now. But I wouldn't have been happy. Because at the end of the day, you have to, you have to live with yourself. So time is irre irrelevant, I think. Especially out here, living in Canada, I see that time and age is almost irrelevant because if you really have a passion for what you do, another lesson that my mom taught me, you, if, you, if you love what you do, the money will follow eventually. And love and passion to me for like your work or your hobbies are the same thing. Because you will put in that dedication, you will put in that effort, you will have that focus because you truly enjoy what you do. When you wake up every morning, you're like, I get to do this? Fuck yeah eventually the money will follow and the success will follow. You have to remember that success is subjective. Happiness and subject, uh, success are subjective to the individual that it concerns, right? So look at if, if, if you're feeling lost, if you're feeling stuck, because I could very easily look at all of my classmates. Some of them have from high school, some of them are fucking married. Some of them are working fantastic jobs. They're making bank. But why, why, why should I sit and compare myself to them when their success and their happiness has no impact on my life? What am I doing about the things in my life right now? What do I want my life to look like? What, what is success to me? What is happiness to me? And you work towards that. I, I want, I, the, the point of this episode was that there are friends who have expressed 
a lack of, you know, they feel like they're not going anywhere. They feel like they're stuck. They feel like they don't belong in what they're doing. And the chances are that might be the case. And so I just, uh, you know, I'm glad that I made the mistakes that I did with my education because at least in the long term, I'll be happier for it because I feel like it is a core gut feeling. I made the right choice. No matter how hard it gets, this is the kind of line, kind of work that I want to be in. And so I know I will be happier for it. So if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling lost, if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you feel like you don't, this is not where you're supposed to be, the chances are that might be the case, or the chances are you need to stop looking at what other people have. Because the success or happiness of other people is not going, like obsessing over it and looking at it is not going to make any sort of positive impact on your life. Look at changing it up. Look at Look at taking it back to a simpler, like if you're, if you're, if, if you've been doing so many different things, scale back, cut down, find the core thing that made you happiest the most when you started doing it. There are so many different strategies and so many different ways that you can look at your life and adapt and create, create your own happiness by just asking yourself some of these questions, you know, I don't know that, that it, it kind of got away from me a little bit at the end there, but I, I think we, as people tend to put a lot of our, a lot of our insecurities and a lot of our blame onto other sources when, when in reality, it's just a way for us to reflect and avoid taking responsibility and to also avoid feeling like we've been doing the wrong thing this entire time. Because it's okay to have been doing the wrong thing this entire time. All that means is you just know now what not to do for the future, regardless of how long you've been doing it. You know now, you now know what not to do in the future. If you need to take the time to stop doing what you're doing and to look around you and to find the one thing that makes you happy and focus on that and hone in on that and affect that skill. And so that you could take that and then, you know, be successful that way, do that. If there are things that you're clearly having more fun with, but you don't want to do that for whatever fucking reason, because you're hold on, you're holding on to this idea of what success is and what it should look like. Fuck that. Make your own success. Uh, make your own brand of success. Find a way to make yourself feel successful based on what you're doing, even if the numbers or the, the money or, or the popularity don't follow through. Because really, what is the point if we're not serving our own happiness and not feeding our own happiness? Yes, we have other people we're obligated to. Yes, we have other people to take care of. But if you can't take care of yourself and you can't be happy with yourself, what are you going to do for other people? I truly do appreciate each and every single one of you that listens. This is, this is how I've labeled success for this show. I wasn't expecting to get the traction it did, but even if I could have just five people 
in 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 the first year that I did it who listened to it regularly that was kind of my meters for my 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 benchmarks for success with this I just wanted to make some sort of positive impact on people's lives and if they were to listen to this and 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 I've been getting this blown up a lot more than I was expecting I I I truly do appreciate each and every single one of you and everybody who's listening who listens to this it has been a difficult year and the only thing you can do is your best and if you have been doing your best then i am proud of you i'm proud of you for not giving up to this point i'm proud of you for fucking putting yourself for getting out of bed brushing your teeth for going to the gym for the first time in a long time for cooking a meal for yourself for trying your best to stay hydrated it has been a long and tough year and we only have each other to rely on and we only have ourselves to rely on if there is something you really want to do you will find a way if there is something that you know that if you do it will bring you happiness there is a strategy there is a method there is a way and you will find it and you will make it work for yourself thank you very much for listening i will see you next week as i try to break this creative block um i'm i'm trying to i have a few interesting people i want to have a conversation with and and i'm trying to line it up but please 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 Stay safe, wear a mask, wash your hands. Tell the people you love that you love them. We'll see you next week. <laughs>